Hey, welcome to One Creative Act. This is a heartfelt conversation with purposeful dreamers, innovators, and community heroes who turn simple creative actions into their greatest adventures and biggest contributions to the world. I'm your host, Mary Lynn Jenkins. What effect can one creative act have on you, your family, your community, your city, the nation, and the globe? What can come out of trusting that you have something to share through your own creativity? These are the questions we'll explore together. Our hope is that you'll walk away from every episode inspired to get into creative action and motivated to try something new, something you haven't tried in years or something you haven't done since you were a little kid. This podcast is an opportunity for you to discover or rediscover your creative spark. I'm so excited to be with you. So get your walking shoes on, get the car packed for a getaway or snuggle up with a cup of coffee and let's enjoy some time together. Welcome to episode five. Oh my goodness, it has been a full month since I started One Creative Act and time seems to definitely not stand still for us, does it? It's flying and not a, um, you know, I sort of hate saying this, but it's also just a reality check for 2021. We're six months away from Christmas. (laughs) I know when we make it to this point, we are right in the middle of the year. And I, I have to sort of presence how quickly time is passing. And it's really for myself, so I can choose, as time seems to not stand still for me, I can choose to get grounded right now. And I am grounded right now in feeling summer. That's what it feels like today. Summer is here, and I'm feeling a momentum. I'm feeling an excitement of the season that is equal parts relaxing and rigorous. Isn't that interesting? That's what I'm feeling. I don't know what you guys are feeling out there, but I feel relaxed, but I also feel this sort of fire, this sort of rigor pulling me forward. And I'm excited to share with you today solo. So I, I'm i going to do a mix of solo episodes and guest episodes. And so today it's just me, and I'm really excited about being here with you today. The purpose of this episode is to inspire you to relax. So whatever you're doing, whether you're walking or just listening to this while you're in your home or in your car, I really want you to relax and equally find some places where you might be able to add in rigor. And ultimately, this is a time for you to listen for simplicity. And particularly in the area of parenting. Um, Although this episode, I believe, has something for everyone. So what does that mean? Well, for me, in a world that is moving really fast and seasons that pass so quickly, what I'm learning through being a mom, specifically of fast-moving teenagers, is to strengthen, above all, how I listen 
And what I find when I strengthen how I listen, I find simple ways to connect. And today I want to share on simple ways that I have found to connect to my kids. It's by far my most important creative act. And it's honestly what I believe to be the most valuable thing we can be putting into the world today. Investing in listening to cause healthy connections with our next generation. This episode is all about creativity and parenting. So I realize also that not everyone listening may be a parent. And if it's something that you've desired and not been able to be yet, I want to say I love you and I see you and I'm right here for you. I believe that uh, your pain is real. And although I don't know exactly how that feels, I have a huge heart for you. And my hope is that those of you who uh, aren't parents or long to be parents can also find hope and inspiration in this episode as well. So in this 40-minute conversation, we will talk about causing creativity as choice with your kids. You're going to hear my top 10 simple summer ways to connect creatively with your kids. And I'll share ideas for how to keep creative options within reach. I'm also going to tell you the most important thing that I've learned in 16 years of parenthood. So listen up. (laughs) And we will also talk about uh, the transformation that can happen when you practice one of the things that we were all born with, but it's practiced probably less than anything in the world. So listen up for that. I've been a mama for 16 years now. By no means does this make me any sort of an expert. In fact, all you have to do is just ask my kids. They'll be happy to tell you that I fail often and um, that I am by far not an expert. But what I've learned along the way is really key to enjoying parenthood. And here's the secret that I want to share. Okay, so listen, simplicity is powerful. Did you hear that? Simplicity is powerful. That's the secret. And listening is the greatest act of simplicity. In fact, listening is the most underrated art form. And it's the very thing that changes my relationship to my kids every single day. I know. Crazy, huh? There's the secret sauce right there. So I know this sounds crazy too, but I am a student of more than 10,000 hours of leadership development training that has focused on speaking. It's crazy, isn't it? I know it sounds like all I've done my whole life is 
I've been in a training. Well, pretty much I have. And the focus of all of these hours of leadership development has has been a lot around how to speak. And I love the art of language. I love it so much that I studied journalism in college. I wrote a book about it, The Transformative Power of Language. And I do truly believe that our words can change the world, no doubt. But where do those words come from? I could say they come from our thoughts. But then where do our thoughts come from? I could say that they come from what's occurring around us. Or our thoughts come from something that has occurred, which would be our past. Or something that's going to occur, which is planning ahead, a thought, a thought in the future. So then our words, really, they come from our past or from our planning ahead, something that already happened or is about to happen. Most often, we're influenced in what to say based on what's happened to us, past tense. That's a lot of what uh, our language is speaking, what has already happened to us, or what our future self is moving into. But what I've grown to see, and I really actually investigate it now as a game, is how little kids speak about right now and how awesome it is that they only speak a right now language. And what I've done with this observation, not always, I haven't perfected it, but I'm definitely in this practice. What I've done with this observation is practice keeping that a little more in my conversations with my kids now as they become young adults. And so much of our language you know, that can quickly turn into conversations about tomorrow or next week or last year or in a few years from now, that practice of right now language has created this real simple, powerful connection between me and my kids. So what if we really, just as a game, started speaking only because Of listening. And I mean, really listening. Listening for the words that are said right now in the present. My son is a great example of this. Here's here's an example. My son walked into the kitchen the other day and I said, Hey, babe, are you hungry? He said, No, ma'am. I said, Can I fix you a sandwich? You must want something. You haven't had anything since breakfast. He said with a sigh, really kind of sweet. He's a sweet kid, but still was like already aggravated with me. He said, I'm okay, mama. I don't want anything. I said, well, okay. There's some blueberries over here when you want something. Some yogurt over there. We've got all kinds of things whenever you get hungry. Okay, sweetie. Um. This very simple conversation, as an example, of so many hundreds of conversations that I have with my kids, I ask a question, they answer the question. I don't accept the answer. So I prod a bit deeper. And generally, I prod until that child 
is growing irritated with my questions. All the same question, but just a little rearranged for variation. What if I started asking a question and really listening for the answer? This is the, this is the opportunity right here. What if I use the same time to strengthen my creativity in my questions versus pushing my kids to answer the same question in a different way, the way I'm pushing them to answer it? And what I'm talking about, you guys, is connection, real life, personal connections in the right now time where we are. Entering questions with listening versus entering questions with assumption or expectation or an answer that we already have in mind. I admit it. I love when my son says, Mama, I'm so hungry. Can we make something together? (sighs) Because I know that in that act, of making something that we can bring about a deeper connection. When we're doing something together, it generally stirs conversation. But what about the times, which is generally a lot of the time, when he doesn't speak up, when he's not sharing through language with me, or when there's not really something that we're doing together? And for the record, Anybody dealing with this in teenage years or or is it just me? I can hear just a, a few mamas of teenagers out there saying, amen, sister. Yeah, it's, it is like a real time in the trenches every day, asking questions, getting minimal response, prodding to get an, a different answer, getting the, the same answer, and then actually irritating our kids. And then what happens is disconnection. So here's what I know. If I say, hey, Hill, that's my son's name. Hey, Hill, will you sit down and let's play a game of cards? He can say, no, mama. Or he can say, okay. If he says, okay, bingo. I just got in. Dealing cards. I mean, I can almost feel the opportunities opening up. Okay, now we're together. And like a game, the questions become something fun versus pressing. So here I go, dealing the cards. One, one, two, two. So what's been the most fun thing about your new job? Four, four, five, five. Although short, I generally get a little bit of an answer from him. Six, six, seven, seven, eight, eight. Okay, you go first. Oh, really? Would, would you ever want to make that for us here? My son just got a job working in a kitchen of a really great restaurant. So the natural connection point is to talk about something having to do with food. Although a few words, he'll sort of give me an answer. Would you ever make that for us here? Yeah, I'll make that for you. That'd be fun. Oh, back to the card game. 
Oh, it's my turn, by the way. Give me all your sevens. Next question. What could we do for dinner one night when your grandparents come into town? Give me all your fours. Although few words, Hill delivers an answer. Ah, that sounds fun. And you're okay if they stay in your room? You can bunk up in the playroom. Give me all your twos. Although a few words, I get a little bit of an answer. (sighs) After a game of crazy eights and half a dozen questions, what I know that I created was 10 minutes of intentional time together. And the icing on the cake is that I got a few answers that allow us to create something in the future while we're also creating connection in the present. A dinner for my parents who are coming in town, a couple of tidbits about his new job, but bigger than answers, I got to practice my listening, create connection, and ultimately deepen my relationship with my son. We just went to the mountains for a few weeks. A big, really big part of my vision for several years has been living in the mountains at least part-time and enjoying cooler air, fewer people, (laughs) and simplicity. I lived my vision uh, this past month as we packed into a cozy house, built fires in the evening, snuggled up for movies, and enjoyed time with our dog on hikes. Creative acts that were practiced were very simple. Things like walks, talking about food, cooking, visiting the river, and getting ice cream that night. I guess what I want to offer is that Creative acts are really simple. And simple creative acts, when cultivated consistently, really grow something. My husband and I have gotten in probably some of the biggest arguments in our marriage about what I call big pops of trying to connect, like a big pop. All you're doing is you're just trying this big pop of connection and it just doesn't work. I can't spring a deep conversation on my son in hopes of getting anything out of him or to cause any sort of deepened friendship with him. If all I do is spring these big pops on him, hey, let's go on a trip together. Hey, let's do this together. Now, who wouldn't love a trip or a fun getaway? But my point is this, if I'm not enjoying my days, listening for the simple ways along the way that I can connect with him, that big pop, And probably those big pops are a lot more complicated. They'll only have some sort of strain and then ultimately an undervalued experience. Simple creative acts like that card game can actually provide a greater win for relationship. There is soul and there are things. And what my listening has taught me is that soul conversation builds the kind of friendship with my kids that causes the things, you know, the ice cream, the summer getaway, or 
when it's time to go buy a new pair of shoes to be more appreciated because we've got something of greater value underneath those things. I know that creativity in parenthood can be a full-time job. And honestly, that's why simplicity is so powerful. I cannot be an entertainer, an artist, a travel agent, or a chef, or a maid for my kids every day. But what I can be is a listener of how I can shape the same space that we would be in together anyway and cause a plot twist to deepen the moment together. There's a saying that goes something like, if you believe it will work out, you'll see the opportunities. If you believe it won't, you'll see the obstacles. It's a lot like my relationships and conversations with my kids. If I believe it's going to be hard to try something new with them, if I think it's going to be hard to connect or they'll think I'm crazy by trying some new creative twist during our time together, then chances are it won't work. But if I believe that my choice to pick up the deck of cards, walk up to my daughter and swing her around the room to the music playing, or any other game I can bring into our moments, these opportunities will work out to create exactly what I want which is real-life connection as a parent to two amazing kids that I love. One false step can keep us from playing our best. We're afraid of messing up. Isn't that what a false step is, really? It's usually not even taken because of fear. Well, remember, these are kids who need to see Messing up. How can I listen for the value of this moment instead of worrying about missing the shot? That's a great question when entering into something with our kids, particularly the deeper, more important conversations. How can I listen for the ultimate value of this moment together? instead of worrying about missing the shot. It's looking for the opportunity as a game to play with my kids and in return, gain connection and fun. My daughter is an avid equestrian. Her beauty in riding horses is incredible. And I love seeing her take risks to grow and challenge herself every week on those incredible animals. We drive a little over 30 minutes to get out to the barn. And I've learned that on that ride out there that I just need to give her space. I've learned this the hard way. I've messed up a lot on that car ride out to the barn, asking her too many questions that get into school or grades or homework. And, you know, she's kind of like, Mama, I just want to chill for a few minutes, okay? And um, although, you know, I don't tolerate disrespect, I've learned in this car ride 
to have a deeper listening for her. If I ask her, does she want to just relax on the car ride out, then hush up, Mary Lynn, and let your daughter rest. In actuality, I'm teaching her in how I respond to respect when I ask her for some quiet time. Isn't that interesting? We're always modeling for our kids. As a result of messing up and strengthening my listening, I now play good music, not too loud, and I just let the car ride for those 30 minutes be calm and quiet. After her time with the horse, so after we've, you know, been out there and we've been in the heat and or, you know, in the fall or winter when the air is cooler and we're invigorated, you know, she's really been working and jumping with these huge animals. Her blood is flowing. Her adrenaline is pumping. The thing that I've learned about that car ride back home is just hold on, Mary Lynn, because this is where the deepest, most connecting conversations begin to happen. I look forward to that car ride home more than anything in my day. And I wouldn't miss it for the world. I've claimed it as our creative collaboration for a conversation. She's always got so much to say after her activity with the horse. And I get to then practice just asking questions, appropriate questions, dancing back and forth about her thoughts, generally something that happened with the horse or cleaning or a conversation she heard me in with another person at the barn. And our back and forth begins to naturally unfold. But I know that it's not natural at all. It's extremely intentional to cause connection with my daughter. I want my kids to know what it means to be in the moment in meaningful conversations. They both have such agility. Gosh, I mean, really all kids do. They're so strong. They're flexible. And they're constantly stretching their minds. I'm actually inspired by them at this point in my life and, and want to contribute to this game that we all get to play to continue growing in listening and learning how to use words, quiet space, creativity, and presence to get what matters most, which is connection. What if it was all an opportunity for creativity? I'm talking about everything with our kids. What if we started looking at being with our kids every day as a new day to be creative with them instead of getting them to this or making sure they're on time for that or what they aren't doing well or what they should be doing better by now. I'm not saying make a joke out of structures that are needed to run your house the way that you need to run your house or throw discipline to the wind, you know, when kids need it for poor choices or disrespect. What I'm talking about is realizing that so often we wake up as parents with the same view of how we'll move through our days and our kids aren't 
a creative addition to our days. What an abundant shift to start seeing it all as a great game and how as parents, we are the board. We're not a player. We're actually the board in this incredible game. After all these years, it has become increasingly clear that the journey really is the destination. I wanted to leave you with some tangible, realistic things to add to your home this summer. So creativity is within reach for you and your kids. And when creativity is in reach for you and your kids, chances are an opportunity to listen and create a meaningful conversation is right there too. So the first thing that has become quite a staple in my house, and you know, it's interesting even thinking about this first one because I thought it was something that would be something that I would have you know, as a focal point in my kitchen or my dining room when my kids were little. But now at ages 14 and 16, it's still something as a focal point. So number one is always have paper and a jar of colored pens or pencils within reach. It's unbelievable how often I... Am just in the kitchen doing what I do, doing what needs to be done. And I'll say, hey, you want to just sit down? And the, the reason that they stick around is because they can reach for that paper and they'll just start sketching. Number two, it's a really near and dear one to my heart and to my husband's heart. Sponsor a kid. Sponsor a kid from another country. Not only does this grow a bigger lens for your relationship to the world and children in other countries, but it allows for all kinds of creative acts, letter writing, um, really understanding what it's like to, to be a, a pen pal with someone, sending drawings, and having conversations, ultimately, what I believe is the most important thing about sponsoring a child from another country is the ability that then that that's opened up to have conversations with your own kids about that country and those children that you're supporting and why you've chosen to support them. We love as a family supporting kids through an organization called Compassion International. And I'll um, put some information about that in the show notes. But consider this summer being the summer that you bring that in as a parent and to grow a deepened relationship with your own child. The third thing is. Um, Really, really simple. Play music whenever possible. You know, a lot of times I'm, I'm thinking about it or I'm walking around, you know, a, a quiet, quiet house. And, and those things are good. I love the stillness and the quiet. But music is a mood booster. It's a mood creator. On the weekends, we play fun music throughout the house really all day. In the mornings, 
I'll have uh, calmer music um, as the kids are waking up. Number four, and this is really, you know, I think I got this probably from my own mom. Always have a deck of cards. Always have a deck of cards either on the coffee table, the kitchen table, within reach. Nothing beats keeping the TV off and getting into a mean game of Uno or Crazy Eights. And no joke, that is where some of the most fun back and forth conversations are created between me and one of my kids. Number five, really important, sit around the table. If not every night, as often as you can. Hands down, our greatest creative conversations, goals, dreams, laughter, all the good things happen when we have meals together. And by table, I mean around the floor with pizza, the fire pit with marshmallows. Um, some nights I've thought through a meal and we do something more extravagant. Others, we order out and sit on the porch. Even other nights, you know, we have grilled cheese. But around the table is where we are most together and engaged. Number six, bake. Bake. It's such a wonderful creative act. I have found that cooking is awesome. And my son is really gifted at cooking. My husband is as well. But baking, you know, there's something about it. Um, both of my kids can join in the game of measuring and mixing and anticipating what's in the oven. There's something really magical about anticipating what's in the oven. And that space for creating together, um, it then creates space for listening for what needs to be talked about during the process. Number seven, as often as you have an adult-only gathering or dinner, have gatherings that are intentionally inclusive of your kids, particularly teenagers. I will say that uh, having younger kids, it was really easy to, you know, let them be, you know, with a babysitter in another room or um, even like, I don't know, just, you know, let them watch a Disney movie or while, while I'm with, you know, adult friends in the other room. But there's something really important right now that I'm experiencing in including my teenage kids um, when we have my adult friends over. They need to be around other adults and be in conversation with uh, the friends that are really, really close to me and my husband. I see such cool relationships forming between my teenage kids and my adult friends now, which is so neat. Number eight, uh, this is really important. Jump in the water first. Jump in the water first, parents. Jump in the water first. It's so good for your kids to see you being foolish. And by jumping in the water first, I mean, you know, we just went rafting while we were in the mountains and it was, they gave us this opportunity to climb up these rocks and jump in the water. And um, 
you know, I was like, I'm not going to miss out on this. In fact, I'm not going to wait for my kids to say, come on, mama. I was like, hey, y'all, come on, you know, be the first one to jump in the ocean, the pool, the cliff, the, um, you know, trying the new thing. It doesn't just have to be the water, but you get what I'm saying. Be the first one to go do the thing that will pull your kid into being a part of it as well and keeping them in that spirit of childlike wonder. Number nine, I know this is, this is a little bit of a shocking one to even hear myself say it because I have a very love-hate relationship with social media. I'm growing to love it and see its importance and its value. But in the case of having teens, talk to them on their social platforms. Let them know that you love them, that you see them, and that most importantly, that you're not always disappointed at how much time they're spending on their phones. In some subtle way, I have to believe that when I tell my daughter that I love her uh, through a text or through social media, that it really matters. And last but not least, number 10, this is more of a reminder than anything else. Um, sort of the last, uh, the last thing to make your house a creative space for your listening and um, just keeping creativity in reach for you and your kids, the biggest reminder that I can give you is that summer is the most important season for planting memories. It really is. Think about as an adult hearing this right now. Think about all the summer memories that you have. And now remember that for what you're planting for your own kids. So just stop taking yourself so seriously. I'm one to remind, I remind myself of that all the time. Just stop taking yourself so seriously. Miss your yoga class and go mess up the kitchen with making pancakes with your kids tomorrow morning. Plant memories this summer. Remember that creativity really has nothing to do with being a master artist. It's about looking at your incredible role as parent and being directed by what you want to create with your kids, not just the big pops, the moment by moment. We're either creating control or avoidance. And these are immediate ways to cause suffering in your parenting and in your relationship with your kids. Or we're being the board for the game, which ultimately leads to fun and connection. In regards to your kids, ask yourself, where can I add value? We ask ourselves this all the time when it comes to our jobs or, you know, our, our bigger relationships, so we think. But in regards to your kids, ask yourself, where can I add value? 
what is it that I can let go of, which is relaxing? Or where is it that I can put something in? And that's rigor. To practice simplicity. And in that simplicity, experience a powerful shift in my listening for my kids. As important as it all is, I get it. The job, the cleaning, the alone time, the dreams and goals. What works so you can claim simplicity is power for yourself and experience it in your relationship with your own kids and for yourself? There was a time when everything I did was a big pop. You know, I expected my kids to be ready to dive in to what I wanted of them. And I started realizing that my relationship with them is exactly like dating. In this phase of life with them as teenagers, trust is built over time. And actually, to put it more simply, trust is built in every moment. Sharing something deep generally never happens on the first date. But as I keep dating them, playing with them, including them consistently, that relationship that I always wanted with them, it begins to unfold. It's not a someday or when we're on vacation then or during the holidays will. It's in the simple creative acts of cards and walks, and drives, and grilled cheese sandwiches, and ultimately me practicing my listening for how I am the creative game player inventing the game day by day. I have a dream that parents and kids have deep, meaningful relationships. That kids run to clear-headed, passionate, visionary parents for guidance and mentorship and play and fun. And I know that doing the work for what I want with my kids, it begins with me. So mama and daddy, mentor. And anyone who hears this, who cares about our next generation, I hope you'll join me in parenting and creating simple, powerful connection to transform homes into the best game we could ever play. Thank you so much for joining me today on One Creative Act. I hope this conversation has you imagining what's possible to move in the direction of the creativity you have and to take action to ignite it. I hope you're inspired and recognize that you too have been born with an adventure only you can create. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit the subscribe or follow button, write a review or share it with a friend. And connect with us on Instagram at One Creative Act. Share what you loved about this episode on your Instagram story and tag us. 
New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I can't wait to create again together.